good morning. All right, we're going to try it one more time. I know it's time change weekend, all right? So good morning. Oh, wow. Good gracious. You guys had a lot more coffee than the uh, 8 o'clock group here. So, hey, welcome this morning. Uh, as we just prepare for worship this morning, I just wanted to voice a prayer for us. Uh, and so if you will bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning, let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we love you so much. And God, as we enter your house, enter into your presence, Lord, Father, may we prepare our hearts. Prepare our hearts for you to speak. Uh, for you to minister to us this morning. And so, Lord, I just pray, Father, as we uh, come before you, Lord, we would do so with humble hearts, hearts full of adoration and worship for you. Lord, it's so good to be with your people in your house to worship you. And, Father, we thank you that your presence is here, and we want to give you all glory and honor. In Christ's name, amen. Let's worship Good morning. Will you stand with me, please? And let's sing together. Praise God from all blessings
children said, Amen. Let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Praise you the Lord. So what we're going to do right this moment, though, is to give you an opportunity to welcome one another here. Would you do that, please? Just mingle. It's okay to change your aisle. Cross the hall. Good morning, church. It is so great to see all of you this morning. All your smiling faces, even though we've lost an hour, we don't even feel it, right? Amen. Amen. If this is your first time visiting with us, or you've even been coming a while, and you haven't filled out one of our Connect cards, we'd love to do that. We'd love to connect with you. And there's a couple ways you can do that. You can go out into the atrium, and you can fill out a, someone at the information desk would love to speak with you to fill out the card. Or we have a digital platform set up. And what you do there is you're going to text the word CONNECT to the phone number 904-441-6900. And you'll see it come up on your phone, and there'll be a link. Tap that link, and then the card will come up for you to fill it out that way. There's also on that same card, when you, you fill that out, you will see prayer requests. And we would love to pray with you. Even during the week, you have that opportunity. To, to pull that up on your phone anytime if you have a prayer need, and we would love to come alongside of you and pray with you. You can also, for the digital bulletin, do the same thing, put the same phone number in, but this time you're going to put the word news, N-E-W-S, and you're going to put that in to the same phone number and text that there, and that will do the same, and you'll have the digital bulletin as well. So if you're like me and you forget what's going on, for instance, just to give you an idea, we're going to have Smoke on the Mountain, which is the dinner theater, which will be March the 24th, and you go, oh, I can't remember what time it is. It's at 6 p.m., but if you've forgotten how many of you are going to be going to that, if you have not signed up, I encourage you to do that. You can go to the church website, you can look in your bulletin, or you can go to the church office or call, and you can get your tickets that way. Also, just a reminder, this is spring break, so this week we will not be having on Wednesday night our dinners, children, kids' praise, youth, ladies' Bible studies, men's Bible studies, and don't forget our dinners. We will not be having any of those um, on Wednesday because it is spring break. We will start again the next week, and all that will resume. And some of our ladies, we have new Bible studies for you ladies that will be starting actually on Monday night. So just check that out and have a great week in the Lord. Even we're having spring break and enjoy this beautiful, beautiful weather we're having. And then one more little thing I want a reminder of, well, just kind of like tag it on your calendar for VBS, that's Vacation Bible School which will be June the 5th through the 9th. So if you're interested in your children or your grandchildren, or if you'd like to volunteer, we would love you to do that. So just kind of keep an eye on that, but kind of post that on your, uh, on your calendar for now. We just pray you have a great week in the Lord. Thank you. Amen. Good morning. I get the privilege of talking about generosity. You guys are so generous. Um, you know, last weekend we had Impact Weekend, and that's where the high school students, they come and they spend a couple of days, um, and they spend the overnight time in it with the families and counselors, and they just come and have praise and worship, and they get ministered to by our, by our volunteers and some staff. And uh, last week we had a, uh, a young man decided he wanted to get baptized in the middle of the night. And so the youth pastor 
and a volunteer counselor took him down to the beach and baptized him in the ocean in the middle of the night. So that's, that's, amen. Amen. So that's just one of the amazing things that happens with, with the generosity that you provide for us. And so with that, I'll give you some ideas about how to give. Uh, we have a website. If you go to our website, AnastasiaChurch.org, there's a button at the top that says Give. Also, that same phone number, 904-441-6900, if you text give to that, it'll send you a link back and you can, you can give that way. We also have offering boxes out in this vestibule right here. Don't touch that. In this vestibule right here, it has a big blue sign on it that says offering box. And then in the atrium, there's one at either end of the atrium. You can give that way. And if you're giving an offering box, there's also envelopes that are available. We have a white one here that says offering and you can select how you want to give. And then we have a blue one. This is for our 4G offering for our building committee. And then this, we have, this month we have the Annie Armstrong Easter offering, so you can give that way. So we just want to thank you so much for your generosity. So let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for this opportunity to be in your house, Father. We thank you for the, the teams that work so diligently during the week, the volunteers and the staff that work hard to, to make sure that we have a, a good worship service on Sundays. Father, we thank you for the congregation who gives so generously to support us. Father, we just praise you for your love and your mercy and your grace, Father. And we just want to make sure that everything we do, we do in your name. And we want to make sure that all the funds that are given to us go to your kingdom. We pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.
for not going, do it again, do it again. <laughs> Well, let's stand together. We have one more song to sing before our message this morning. It's entitled, Faith is the Victory. You're going to hear quite a bit about overcoming the world this morning. And so it's a great, great theme. And one that we need to be reminded of on a regular basis. Because we do face trials, temptations, and issues in this world. But the Lord has come to give us joy in and through it as well as over it. Faith is the victory. see you church. I, I don't know what the choir and orchestra, what kind of coffee, what grade or you know, coffee they drank this morning, but they were uh, on par this morning. So thank you for being here. If you're watching us online, thank you for joining us for our time of worship. And we're so grateful that you're here. 
And, uh, you know, we're continuing our series in John, and we're going to be talking about a joy that overcomes the world. A joy that overcomes the world. And this morning, you know, as we talk about sorrow and overcoming sorrow in our life, I think we should all be familiar with sorrow. Because when my alarm clock went off this morning, can I tell you there was sorrow in my heart? Because it said 5 a.m., but it felt like 4 a.m. It's not good. But in all seriousness, sorrow and hurt and loss are something we all must deal with in life. And I would bet this morning that most of us have already experienced sorrow, loss, or hurt, or maybe we're walking through it right now. But as we're continuing through our series in the Gospel of John, and really the latter parts of the Gospel of John, we're, we're nearing in the scriptures uh, the account of Jesus' arrest, trial, and crucifixion. And in fact, where we are this morning is kind of the last kind of words that Jesus spoke to his disciples in chapter 16. And we know uh, on the other side of reading the scriptures that uh, after this time came a great amount of joy. In the world, right? Enjoy it for the believers of the world. Enjoy like none had ever seen or heard or witnessed before. But what preceded that joy was a great sorrow for the followers of Jesus, for the disciples of Jesus. And that sorrow came, uh, you know, just before Palm Sunday, is that triumphal entry. And then uh, that Good Friday where Jesus went to the cross. And then the joy proceeded after the resurrection. Of our Lord and Savior, when he rose victorious from the grave and conquered sin and death. But I want us to focus a little bit on the sorrow that the disciples and those who followed Jesus felt during his arrest, betrayal, and crucifixion. And so if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to John 16 this morning, and uh, we're going to be looking at verses 16 through 24, but before we do that, I want to read the end, the last verse of chapter 16, for us to help understand where Jesus is leading both us and his disciples in our way of thinking. And if you're able to this morning, I want to invite you to please stand in the reading, honor of the reading of God's word. In chapter 16 of the Gospel of John, verse 33 says this. I'm going to read this first. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace, because in the world you will have tribulation, but take heart I have overcome the world. This is the thought process that Jesus is leading his disciples in understanding. But it starts back in 16. He says this in chapter 16, verse 16. A little while you will see me no longer. And again, a little while you will see me. So some of his disciples said to another, what is this that he has said to us? A little while and you will not see me. And again, in a little while you will see me. Because I'm going to the Father. And so they were saying, what does this mean by a little while? We do not know what he's talking about. And Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him. So he said to them, is this what you are asking yourselves? What I meant by saying a little while and you will not see me. And again, in a little while you will see me. Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep, you will lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come, but when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has arrived and been born into the world. 
Verse 22. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. In that day, there will, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whenever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have not asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. May God bless his reading of his word, and you may be seated this morning. Overcoming the sorrows of this world. Overcoming the world. See, as we look and consider the disciples and, and the sorrow that they overcame, I think there is some truce for us in overcoming the sorrows of this world. And so if you're taking notes this morning, overcoming the sorrows of the world starts with realizing there will be seasons of sorrow in our life. Jesus told his disciples, you will be sorrowful. See, Jesus knew the devastation, the hurt, the heartache that the disciples would experience by his absence. For so many, the years of Jesus' ministry, the disciples were with their rabbi and teacher and they followed him closely and he spoke the words of everlasting life. And being in his presence gave them joy, it gave them comfort, it gave them peace. And now all of a sudden that was being torn away is what Jesus was telling them, that there would be a time when they would no longer see him. A bit of that is hard for us to understand, but for us who have been walking with the Lord, we know what the Lord adds and brings to our life. The joy that we experience in the salvation of knowing him as our Lord and Savior. Now imagine just for a moment, you knowing the joy that the Lord adds to your life. Imagine him telling you that that joy is going to disappear for a season of time. How hard and devastating must that have been for the disciples? And he's telling them that sorrow is coming. It'll be a difficult time. And although I'm not sure we can fathom the depth of the sorrows that the disciples experienced that day, I think we can all relate to experiencing hardship, difficulties, and loss in our life. We all know what that's like. We've all experienced it. And even as we looked at the last part of chapter 16, Jesus didn't say we wouldn't have tribulation. He didn't say because we were Christians, everything's going to go just fine, right? No, he said, you will have tribulation in this world. And so this first point I want to make this morning in helping to overcome the sorrows of this world is I want to validate that it's okay to experience hurt, loss, really anger, sorrow in your life. Because there's a part of Christianity that walks around and, and we just want to pretend everything is okay. <laughs> no matter what is going on in our life, oh, I'm doing great, how are you doing? <laughs> and I don't think that's what Christ desires of us. And I, I think as, as Jesus is pointing out to the disciples that they're going to experience sorrow, he's saying it's okay. It's okay that you're going to have sorrow in this life. And sometimes we walk all around so much trying to hide our hurt and our sorrow in our life when all the while Christ intends us first and foremost to lay it at his feet, that we wouldn't carry those burdens, that we would bring it to him, but also that we would walk among brothers and sisters in the church, in our faith, who would carry us in those difficult times. That's the intent that Jesus has. I love what Isaiah 58, 11 says. 
The Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry. (laughs) And it says, in restoring your strength, and you will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. I I like that he says, giving you water when you are dry. He didn't say, giving you water in case you get dry. Giving you water if there's ever a season or a point in your life where you get thirsty or dry. No, he says, when you get dry. (laughs) How encouraging, right? (laughs) There's going to be seasons in our life that are dry, that are hard, that are difficult. When it's challenging to move forward. But can I tell you that in those seasons, our Lord and Savior is not distant. He is not far away, but he is near to us. And he sees and he hears the hurts and the sorrows that we experience. This was true for the disciples, and I believe it's true for us. And I, and I love that Jesus' famous, famous Sermon on the Mount, when he, when he gave the Beatitudes, the first two Beatitudes were all about validating people who are hurting. Listen to this. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Second one. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. In other words, Jesus says, I see you, I hear you, I know you, and I'm blessing you in those seasons that are difficult in your life. I want to validate it. Don't be ashamed of the hurt and pain you have experienced. Bring it before the Lord and others and know that he sees and hears you. One of the most comforting things about the Lord is that he cares for us in the midst of our difficult seasons. So why should we hide it from him if he cares for us? Why should we guard ourselves when we know that he loves us, that he cares for us, and there's no aspect of our life that is too big or too small to bring before him? So the first aspect of overcoming sorrow in our life is really realizing that it's okay to have sorrow in your life. Some of you are in your season of life that, and you're struggling through it, and can I tell you it's okay? It's okay. Jesus promised that there would be difficult times, but our hope is secure that he has overcome the world. Second thing you can write down this morning in overcoming the sorrows of this world, our sorrow can change to joy with perspective. Jesus said, but your sorrow will turn into joy. And he uses that illustration of, of childbirth there, that a mother, when she knows her hour is coming to give birth, there's a little bit of fear and intimidation, there's worry and anxiety, and there's sorrow there. But after she has given birth to the child, she rejoices in what perspective she has in that momentary time of discomfort and pain that has changed when she is able to hold that newborn in her hands. Jesus is giving perspective Uh, To see that though he would be arrested, though he would be rejected, that he would be ultimately the one who redeems his people. And for a time, there would be a season of sorrow, but that sorrow would be changed to joy when they got to see and understand their perspective that Jesus was bringing life and salvation and forgiveness. Two perspectives I want to share with you this morning that I think Christ wants us to understand that will help us in difficult seasons of life. One is that for Christians, sorrow is but a temporary emotion and experience. For Christians, sorrow is but a temporary emotion experience. See, at the end of this life, there's only a a few things that you can take with you, right? Uh, Of those things, our faith, our existence in Christ, our relationship with the Lord, and the joy that he gives us, the joy of our salvation. That's not something that we just have here. It's something that we take into eternity with us. But can I tell you one thing that's not coming with us into eternity? Sorrow. Suffering. Loss. Pain. 
In fact, Jesus said he was preparing a place for us, and in the place that he's preparing for us, an everlasting eternity in heaven with him, he said there is no sorrow, there is no weeping. But the joy of the Lord remains because we are in his presence for eternity. Boy, it really helps us get through those difficult seasons and we understand that this is just a season in life. And in comparison to all the days that I'm going to experience the joy of heaven and being in the presence of our Lord, this is just a minuscule part of my existence with God. Sorrow is just a temporary emotion. I think about this, and I don't know how many of you have been down to the lighthouse just down the road for us, right? Here at the lighthouse, St. Augustine Lighthouse. Anybody ever climbed to the top of that St. Augustine Lighthouse? A few of us that aren't afraid of heights, right? Anybody know how many steps are on the lighthouse? 209, a lot, okay? That's, that, when you're climbing, you just say there's a lot of them, right? There's 219 steps, and if you've ever climbed the lighthouse as you're climbing it, they're not easy stairs to climb. They're steep stairs. It's a narrow spiral, sta- spiral stairwell going up, and about halfway up, you often think, do I really want to do this? I mean, there's a lot more steps ahead of me. I mean, like, do I re- is this really going to be worth it, right? But then you continue to climb. I took my daughter there for the first time a few weeks ago, and we, we made it about halfway. She says, Dad, let's don't do it. <laughs> I don't think it's worth it. But when you get to the top, everything changes. And you get up there on a nice, clear day, and you have a perspective of this beautiful city we live in like no other. I mean, you can see the cross that's downtown. You can see endless miles of ocean before you. You can see downtown at Flagler College. You can even see a little church to the right called Anastasia Church, right? Right down the road. You can see all these things, and your perspective changes. You know, I I think the same is true for us. When we look at life and we understand That God is giving us eternity free of sorrow, pain, and suffering. When we look back at those difficult steps in life, they don't seem so bad anymore. Because we know of the hope that lays before us. I think Jesus was trying to get his disciples to know, hey, there's going to be a season. But what follows this season of sorrow is tremendous joy like the world has never known Second thing that uh, can help us in our perspective is sorrows and trials we walk through in life with the Lord, right? That's the key word there. With the Lord and our faith community help produce in us an unwavering faith in Christ. When we begin to look at the storms of life as beneficial, it helps to grow our faith and everything changes. You know, something that we're very familiar with here in St. Augustine, Northeast Florida, uh, are hurricanes. Fortunately, we have had our fair fair share of those the last few years. And if I were to say the word hurricane, most of you would just be, you know, dismayed, right? It's a word that we don't like to hear. We think about all the damage, all the hurt, all the loss that comes from hurricanes. But can I tell you that hurricanes actually have some environmental benefits? (laughs) Think about it. If you're in a place that's dry and desolate in a season of drought, a hurricane comes and brings immense amounts of water, as we know, right? And that's beneficial. Did you know that hurricanes actually clean the ocean? (laughs) 
Oftentimes in the summer months when there's a lot of bacteria in the ocean, the hurricanes come and they disperse that bacteria so our ocean is cleaner. You know that hurricanes actually help our reefs. Uh, They push out the warm water that's stagnant, and through upwelling, they bring cooler water in, and the cooler water is helpful for our reefs. See, it's hard for us to think about those things because we think about all the hardship storms bring. Can I tell you, if we have a perspective like that about the storms of life, it would benefit us greatly. Storms in life are hard, (laughs) they're difficult, they're challenging. But if we are putting our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus, can I tell you, you're going to come out on the other side stronger and better and more in tune to seeking after the Lord. Storms can be beneficial. James writes this in his opening uh, passage of chapter 1 in his letter, and, and uh Sometimes I'm frustrated at this verse. It's okay, I'm going to say that, right? He says this, James 1, 2, 4. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfast. And let steadfast have its full effect, that you may perfect, be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. In other words, when storms come, you're supposed to be happy about it. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on it, right? <laughs> I'm trying to get there. But here's what happens. When we go through trials and we're putting our faith and trust in Jesus, it grows our faith and trust in him. And lo and behold, when the next storm comes, you can say to that storm, hey, my Lord and Savior saw me through the last one. I know he's going to see me through this one. Storms produce a steadfast faith, and they help us to change our perspective. Third thing that you can write down this morning is, The source of our joy comes from being with Jesus. Jesus told his disciples, so you will have sorrow now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice. See, Jesus knew there'd be a time where he would be arrested and and tried and crucified and then he would be laid in the tomb for a, a few days, but then he would rise again. And upon his resurrection, then he would appear to various disciples and and of his followers before ascending to heaven. And so he was telling his disciples that, hey, I'm going to leave for a little bit, but I'm going to come back and see you. And when I come back and see you, you are going to have great joy. And here's why. The disciples felt just like you and me, our greatest sense of joy and fulfillment when they are in near proximity to their Lord and Savior. It's the same for us. When we're spending in time in prayer, when we're spending in time in God's word or serving others, boy, the joy of the Lord overflows in our life. And, you know, especially when we're going through those difficult seasons in our life, how much is important for us to lean in to our relationship with the Lord, our source of joy. Because, see, happiness is circumstantial, but joy is not. We can be going through difficult seasons and still have joy that comes from the Lord. Uh, You know, there's this morning, we had one of our life groups. I'm really encouraging our life groups and and our church. I just believe the importance of us praying and seeking the Lord. And I feel like such a season as this, uh, especially as we're moving forward with our faith campaign and our goal is to reach the next generations, that we need to be on our hands and feet before the Lord. 
And so I reached out to our life groups a few weeks ago, and I said, life groups, will you please consider coming early on Sunday morning and just praying for our church? Praying over the Lord to work in our church. Praying over each and every person that walks through these doors, that will walk through these doors, that they would know and experience your love and your joy that comes from being in relationship with you. And, you know, we started having life groups come this morning. And our poor life group that signed up this morning, they forgot about it being time change weekend. <laughs> I felt so bad. But can I tell you, they were here at 7.30 this morning to pray for our church. And they prayed. So I want you to know right now, as you came into this place, you had already been prayed for this morning. It's important. And one of the things they're praying is for you to know the joy of the Lord. From being in relationship with him. You know, I I love that Jesus said in in chapter 16, he said, hey, there's going to be a season where you're going to be sorrowful. But then when you see me again, there's going to be great joy. Because the last few verses of the Gospel of Luke, in chapter 24, it says this. And Jesus, when he appeared to them, it says this. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. And while he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And listen to this, verse 52, the last verse, last two verses, excuse me. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And were continually in the temple blessing God. See, when Jesus appeared to them again, that sorrow was forgotten. It was overcome. Because now before them was the risen Lord and Savior. And they experienced a joy in knowing that the death could not defeat their Lord and Savior, their teacher, that the grave could not hold him, but he was resurrected. And what joy filled their hearts. And it said that they went out continually into the temple blessing God. In other words, their joy was contagious. They were worshiping their Lord. What a beautiful truth for us that when we spend time with our Lord and Savior, joy is going to overflow out of our life. Fourth thing that you can write down this morning, our joy in Christ cannot be taken by the world. Our joy in Christ cannot be taken in the world. Jesus said, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice. And he said, no one will take your joy from you. Now, my understanding of this is that in sometimes in life, there's a distinction here, a distinction made here, that we can allow the world to rob us of our joy. But can I tell you, the world cannot rob us of the source of our joy. Seasons and circumstances and even people can rob us sometimes of our joy but they cannot rob us of the source of our joy. And why is that important? Because a part of the source of our joy is the understanding that we are unconditionally loved in Christ Jesus. Scriptures say that neither death nor life nor any other created thing can separate us from the love of God. If that's not a source of joy, I don't know what is. (laughs) No matter what you're going through in life, no matter what you're dealing with, our Lord loves you. He cares for you. The world cannot take that from us. They cannot take the Lord's unconditional love for us. And I think the other thing that they cannot take from us is our hope. Our living hope 
in God. And because he's a living hope, we have hope for eternity spent with him. Jesus said he was going away to prepare a place for you and me. And the world cannot rob that from us. There may be seasons where we experience a loss and joy, but they cannot rob us of the source of our joy. You know, I think oftentimes that we allow the world and the people in it to rob us of what we have been given in Christ Jesus. And I hope this morning is an encouragement that as we often let things in this world take away from the joy that we have in the Lord, I pray that you wouldn't let them. Pray that you would see that the things that are of this world are fading and fleeting fast, but the hope and the joy and the love that we experience in Christ are not going anywhere. They are eternal. And with that kingdom perspective, no matter what this world faces or throws at you, know that our Lord said that we would have tribulation, but he has overcome the world. And what sense of joy we can take in knowing that he has overcome. Because he has overcome, I know that what I face in his strength and his power, I too can overcome. And the scripture says that the world would know and differentiate the followers of Christ by their love and their joy. It may be said about true about this community of faith. Those people that go to Anastasia, <laughs> boy, they have such joy. Boy, the people of Anastasia, they have such love. And no matter what happens in this world, no matter what's going on, the world cannot rob us of the love and the joy that we have in Christ Jesus. Amen, church? Amen. This morning, as we have a time of invitation, I don't know what is robbing you of your joy in the Lord. I don't know what is taking away from your purpose in life. But this morning, I want to give you an invitation, an opportunity to come before the Lord and lay them before him. Jesus, again, said, you're going to have sorrow. There's going to be difficult days. But the good news is that you don't have to carry them. He bore them on the cross, and he invites us to lay them at his feet. And so this morning maybe is an opportunity for you to do that. Maybe this morning is for you to take a next step of faith, to be baptized, to declare outwardly what Jesus is already doing inwardly in your life. Maybe it's time for you this morning to not walk alone in this faith journey, but to join the community of faith right here. Maybe for the first time it's to put your faith and trust in the Lord and know that he has given us the opportunity to experience the joy of his salvation by his death and resurrection on the cross. And all we have to do is receive him as our Lord and Savior, commit our lives to following him, and surrender our sin and confess our sin before him, and walk with him all the days of our life. So if that's you this morning, you come, we'll have counselors available. And uh, if you just want to pray where you're at or pray at this altar, I want, to, I want to let you know it's open this morning. But you come as the Lord leads. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you. We want to give you all glory and honor. And so, Father, as we have a time of invitation this morning, we pray that we would respond as you lead us. Thank you that we have such great hope, joy, and love in you, Lord. And though we experience seasons of sorrow just like your disciples did, Lord, help us to be reminded, help us to have the perspective 
that sorrow is but temporary, but the joy of the Lord that comes from you is eternal. Better days lie ahead for us, Lord. And we are so grateful that you've made a way for us. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's stand. Let's worship. You come this morning as the Lord leads. Harmony. Galatians says that it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, stand firm. Keep standing firm. And serve one another through love. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you would take the words that we've heard this morning. There are times when we honestly do lose our joy, the sense of joy in our lives, our circumstances, they overtake. But Father, as Sam said, the source of our joy is the creator of the universe, the savior of our souls, and the one who indwells us to give us new life, to seal us to that new life and empower us to live 
the very words that we heard. So, Father, I pray that you would just continue conforming us to the images of your Son until you come. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace, believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Father, encourage us, empower us to share that life-giving hope with others this week as we go about our business. Because all of our business is your business. It's in Jesus' name. Thank you.